I wish I had flashing lights tonight because I come as a messenger of warning. I do not come to any specific individual. But in a congregation of this size, there is no doubt somebody is close to being out of oil. Somebody is close to disaster. And we are living in the day and age, friends, when we need to have our vessels full of oil. Oh God. You may be seated. It is an honor to be here. I give honor to your pastor, his wife, his family, Bishop Myers, Dr. Myers. But when your pastor invited me to be here tonight, Immediately, God spoke into my mind, and it's been some weeks ago. And it's been burning in my heart and soul. We cannot be playing church. I said we can't be playing church, saints of God. We've got to make every service count. Whether it's Wednesday night, revival, every service has to count. And I bring to your attention Matthew, the 25th chapter. Reading first of all, verse 8. Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. What a disaster. Give us of your oil. For our lamps have gone out. Verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps. They had lamps. And took no oil with them. But the wise, the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. This is probably one of the more popular, well-known parables of the Lord. And it simply tells us the difference between a wise and a foolish believer. And the difference is oil. I said the difference is oil. The wise realize that it takes a supply of oil to keep their lamps burning, while the foolish, on the other hand, think they can keep their lamps burning without returning to the source of supply. And there is the answer right there. Friends, we have to keep returning to the source of supply. I said we have to keep coming back. Amen. I'm glad for an experience 15, 20, 30 years ago. But what about tonight, friend? Is your vessel full of oil tonight? 
That's what counts. When the trumpet sounds, uh, it's not going to be how much oil you had 20 years ago. It's going to be how much oil is in your vessel at that moment. The United States holds in reserve 32 billion, 230 million barrels of oil. That's a lot of oil. <laughs> the world total oil reserve is 1 trillion, 650 billion, 585 million, 140,000 barrels of oil. Friends, there's oil everywhere. But I'm telling you that every day in this country and around the world, there are cars that their engines are destroyed because they have no oil. They have no oil. What's it take to pull into a station for two minutes? I have a good friend that's a mechanic and he talks about those lights on your dash. Calls them idiot lights. He said, Stu, every other tank of gas, you need to pop that hood. And what is there? A dipstick. What does a dipstick tell you? It tells you the oil that's in your motor. Tells you if you're, you know, a, a quart low, if you're two quarts low. But you better pay attention to that dipstick. And you better pay attention to the spiritual dipstick in your heart and life. Amen. You better pay attention. You better check your oil supply. Millions of people. Millions of people are told they must make a pilgrimage to Mecca before they die. Millions others are told before they die they need to go to India and bathe in the Ganges River. Many, many, a common saying amongst the Jewish people next year in Jerusalem. But I'm so glad that there's millions of people that have found... Uh, Amen. You don't go have to go to a specific city or a specific place. Thank God we have found out. Amen. Thank God. Driving in your car down the road, walking in the woods, wherever. Amen. If the desire is there, thank God we can get a new, fresh supply of oil. What a tragedy if we had to go back where we bought our vehicles to get oil. Amen. And thank God for that initial experience of the Holy Ghost. Uh, but, oh, friends, you don't have to go back thousands of miles to a specific place. Uh, you can kneel down wherever you're at. Hallelujah. And be refilled and be replenished uh, with the Spirit of God. Brother Nathaniel Urshan, the former general superintendent of our organization, 
when he was pastoring in Indianapolis, Calvary Tabernacle, had a young man come in and repented and got baptized, but he just, for whatever reason, he just couldn't get the Holy Ghost. And one Sunday night, they had a powerful service. He was the last one to leave without the Holy Ghost. Went to bed so discouraged and despondent. But the next morning, he woke up. There was a song going through his heart and his soul. And he started humming it. And went into the bathroom, of course, bare-chested. And got shaving lather all over his face. And all of a sudden... He felt something just kind of rumbling down inside. And he said, I knew if I'd opened up, I'd have received the Holy Ghost right there. But he said, dear me, I can't receive the Holy Ghost standing in front of my mirror, bare chested with shaving lather all over my face. So he just kind of repressed it. And uh, during the day at work, uh, uh, as he was working and he was thinking about the goodness of the Lord. He said two or three times again. He just felt it. But he thought, I can't get the Holy Ghost at work. And finally, going home and riding on the bus, Brother Urshan gets a telephone call. Said, you need to get downtown to a certain spot right now. Brother Urshan gets down there. A city bus is pulled over to the curb. There's two or three police cars with their lights going. A crowd of people. He makes his way through up on the bus. And when he got on the bus, he heard a familiar sound. <laughs> and there sprawled out in the back seat was this man speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. And a doctor there with a stethoscope going all over his chest. He looked up and he knew Brother Urshan. He said, is this one of yours? He said, yes, it is. Everything's okay, folks. <laughs> oh, yes, everything's okay. As long as we have that burning desire. God, I can't wait till next Sunday. I can't wait till camp meeting, Lord. I need a fresh touch and a fresh renewing of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Time out. There's nothing wrong with family life centers. You've got a beautiful one. Nothing wrong with building bigger kitchens. Better, uh, bigger rec buildings. But are we adding on to our prayer rooms? Seems to me we're eating twice as much as we're praying. I'm telling you one thing is for certain. If we're going to continue to be a flame for God, we have to continue to be filled with the Holy Ghost. No other way. No oil, no flame. Simple as that. You've got to keep replenishing the supply. Hallelujah. And just as the U.S. has all that reserve of oil, friend, listen. God has the biggest uh, reserve of spiritual oil in the world. Uh, you never have to worry about it running out. Thank you, 
very important byproduct of oil is gasoline. You can drive that new car off the lot, fill it with gas, take it home, put it in your garage and cover it up and go back 10 years later and the tank's still going to be full. But if that vehicle is used as it's supposed to be used, uh, amen, there is gas burning and you got a gauge uh, and it tells you, amen, just how much gas is in that tank. Uh, and you know what? You can go by a gas station and you can look at your gas gauge and say, hmm, I need gas. And you can picture in your mind yourself pulling in there, getting out and getting the gas pump and pumping gas and then driving away. You can picture it in your mind. Picture it all you want, friends. But amen, until you pull in there, Picture it all you mind, friend, in your mind. You're going to run out of gas somewhere down the road. Picture it all you want in your mind. Seeing yourself praising the Lord. Seeing yourself in this altar. Amen. Speaking in other tongues. But friends, it's not until you get down here. It's not until you get, amen, on your knees. Amen. That you're going to receive it. Please hear me when I say Please hear me when I say You cannot survive On somebody else's praying Sir Your wife cannot go to the prayer room for you she can't occupy your chair on Wednesday night. Amen. Each and every one of us has to be about our Father's business. Amen. And let me tell you something. If we, if we are to accomplish what God wants for the church to accomplish uh, in this day and age, uh, it takes more than a program. It takes more than anything we can do, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And I don't know about you, but oh God, when I leave this place tonight, I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want my spiritual reservoir to be full. As a minister, I can't stand in this pulpit or any other pulpit and bypass the prayer room. And if you have an empty vessel today, tonight, you know why it's empty. You don't have to go looking very far for the answer. It's staring at you right in the mirror. Amen. It's midnight. I said it's midnight in the moral history of our world. And what, uh, what Palm Bay and Melbourne and this area needs. Uh, we don't need another program coming out of Washington. We don't need another program coming out of Tallahassee. Uh, what Florida needs uh, is a church that's on fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
filled with people that are on fire. Uh, Praise God. So people can see uh, the evidence of the oil. Matthew 25, 6, very startling words. At midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Oh, friends, he's coming. Amen. And so many like Peter talked about, scoffers in the last day, walking after own lust, saying, where is the sign of his coming? All things continue as they were from the beginning. Amen. I'm soon to be 77. I know I don't look it. I don't act it for sure. Amen. And I've heard this message, Pastor, as you have uh, all my life. Uh, But I'm here to tell you tonight. uh, Amen. He is going to come. Praise God. Uh, A trumpet is going to sound. Amen. It's not going to be a progressive coming. uh, But in a moment, uh, in the twinkling of an eye... uh, The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Uh, Amen. Paul said, uh, if the same spirit uh, that raised Christ from the dead uh, dwell in you, uh, it's the only thing that's going to quicken your mortal body and get you out of this world. Amen. I'm trying, bro. Always an apparent sign of darkness is artificial light. Mm. I'm afraid too often the trend in these days in many churches has been toward the diploma and the searchlight of human intellect. Amen. It seems in so many circles the premium is no longer on the spirit and communion with God. It's midnight, my friend, when a college degree or a diploma can try to take the place of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Please don't get me wrong. I believe in man's life. I believe God wants us as intelligent as we possibly can get. But I'm telling you, intelligence never brought one sinner to a born-again experience. A man will become a son of God when he's touched and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And reveal that Jesus Christ is the mighty God. God's not against education and degrees and diplomas. But oh, when people begin to think their intellect is so big, they become so prim and proper and think they're so strong that they can get it done without the touch of God, then we're in trouble. Now you've got a very educated pastor. He's got a degree. Maybe more than one. And his mother... Very, very educated woman. But I, have, I haven't been in this church all that many times. But I've been in this church enough to know that when I walk in here, amen, Pastor Myers isn't flaunting a degree uh, or a diploma 
or a position. Amen. But you folks here at service after service, uh, we need, we need, we need the moving uh, of the Spirit of God. And there is no substitute for it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians one twenty six, You see... Our calling, brethren, how not many wise, not many are called, not many mighty are called. Why did God pick an ignorant fisherman by the name of Simon Peter? Why did he pick two hot-tempered brothers, James and John? Why did he pick a tax collector? What a motley crew they were. Why does he do it? He does it because only the power of God working through yielded vessels can produce a miracle of holy change in the lives of sinful men. They did not take note of their education. They took note these men had been with Jesus. Oh, let me ask you, have you been with Jesus today? (laughs) I need to be with Jesus every day. God took a little intellectual Hebrew by the name of Paul who must not have, according from what we can gather, wasn't a very handsome man. But he said, I was with you in weakness. Why? That the power might be of God. It isn't a question of a winning personality. It's a question of power. The flame depends upon the oil, not the shape of the vessel. Hallelujah. We're going to need more in this last day, Pastor. More than sociology and psychology to deal with the criminality, the sexuality, the lust, the gold-loving and lawlessness of this world's midnight. It's midnight. My biggest problem today is not a physical or a social problem. My biggest problem is to keep enough oil in my vessel. The only effectual witness this world has ever had has been the holy flame quickened by the oil of the Holy Ghost in a believer. I mean, don't, don't you agree? A lamp without oil is foolish. Really is. And about the only place you are going to see lamps without oil are in antique stores. Pastor, I'm here to tell someone God's church is not an antique store. I know your pastor doesn't want visitors coming in here gazing at people who don't have oil in their lamps, admiring a godly look. It'll never get the job done. Having a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness. We see it all over in the world. And sorry to say, creeping in some of our own churches. Oh, friends, we need more than a form. We need more than a form. We cannot deny the power. And the power comes through the oil of the Holy Ghost. 
There are people going to start to get ready, but a little too late. And the greatest tragedy of it all is that God's people who have oil in their vessels have forgotten their responsibility toward this lost generation. Don't forget to whom much is given. Much is going to be required. We all let down. We all slumber. We get careless. We feel that we're ready. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. You have the certificate hanging somewhere in your house. My vessel's full. My life is yielded. I'll just rest a little while till Jesus comes. I'll just lay down here with the other brothers and sisters. Take it easy for just a little while. Oh God, keep me full of your oil, Lord. Keep me full of your oil. And when you're full of his oil, you're sensitive to the moving of that spirit in your life. Pastor Myers, I, I, I wish you could have met my grandpa by. What a man. I'm sure your dad remembers George K. By. Came to this country in his late teens from Norway. Ended up in the Twin Cities. On his way to becoming an alcoholic, his late teens... And a Penn Avenue in Minneapolis. That was the happening place on Friday, Saturday night. And one Saturday night, George K. By, already half drunk, staggering down Hennepin Avenue, heard music from across the street, and it was coming from a tent. He staggered across Hennepin Avenue into the back of that tent and soon realized it was some kind of religious service. He started causing disturbances. The ushers came and told him a number of times, Sir, you have to settle down. Finally said, Sir, if you don't settle down, we're going to have to put you out. The young lady got up to sing before the preacher. My grandpa stood up in his folding chair and thumbed his nose at her and made quite a lewd remark. And when he sat down, the two ushers came, one on each side, and picked him up in the chair and started to the back of the tent. And that preacher jumped to his feet, said, put that man down. That's the reason this tent meeting is here. That's the reason we're having church. And somehow, through a half-drunken haze, my grandpa sat down. And at the end of that service, 
he walked to that plat, that old-fashioned platform. Uh, amen. Sawdust on the ground. Knelt down. And God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you talk about a man filled with oil. Oh, my. I mean, he talked to everybody. He talked to everybody. He showed me a little black book. It was small, but it was thick. Dog-eared. I thumbed through it, tear-stained. And I started looking, and there were dates. Sometimes there was the name of a person. Other times, a young man, a young lady, an older person. I said, Grandpa, what is this? He said, that's over 10,000 names that I've witnessed to. Hallelujah. Over 10,000. Hallelujah. He retired to his cabin up outside of Alexandria, Minnesota. Loved to fish. And a couple times a week, he'd come into Alexandria and he'd go to Osterberg's Cafe. Now, you can't get more Scandinavian than Osterberg's Cafe. And when you stepped in, they had a little foyer area that in the wintertime, you could take your winter coat off and your boots. He said, Stuart, I... Stepped into that foyer and the Spirit of God came all over me and I started weeping and crying. And he said, I stood there. There you are, Bishop. Man, it's so good to see you. You remember Grandpa Bye? Yeah. And uh, he finally got composed, wiping his eyes. He, he went in and the place was full with breakfast crowd and people talking. He sat down at the counter. The waitress came and said, are you okay, sir? Can I help you? And he said, I'm okay. Gave his order. He said, the Lord spoke to him and said, George, get up and talk to this people. How many? That's the devil. You think the devil's ever going to tell you to stand up and talk to people about Jesus? Grandpa by, full of oil, stood up, said, excuse me. And he said, Stuart, in about 10 minutes, you, or 10 seconds, you could hear a pin drop in that place. And I just shared the goodness of the Lord. What God had done for me, and I sat back down. Said a couple minutes later, I noticed somebody sit down, sat down next to me, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a dark suit coat and a white cuff. Finally, I turned, and here's sitting a man with a clerical collar on, and he's the pastor of a little Lutheran church outside of Alexandria. And he looks at my grandpa with tears in his eyes and says, "I'd like to hear some more about what you're talking about." <laughs> And Grandpa turned on the spigot. Hallelujah. Grandpa let the oil flow. Long story short, he ended up giving him a Bible study, baptized him in Jesus' name, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, friends, that's what we need in this last day.
people that will stand forth. If God before us, who can be against us? There's nothing to fear. Brother Tom, as you were praying, greater is he that is in us. Greater is the oil than anything the enemy can bring. My little brother works for UPS. Years ago, he got home about 2.30 in the morning, walked in, and my grandpa was sitting at the kitchen table. And David said, Grandpa, what are you doing up? What's wrong? He said, oh, I got terrible indigestion. And my brother went to get something to eat, and he looked over, and was rubbing his arm. So David went and got my mother and she came out, talked to him a minute, called 911. They came and got him, took him to the ER. And he had had, I don't know how many, but a number of small uh, strokes or heart attacks that evening. My mom was sitting there holding his hand and The ER nurse came in and said, Mrs. Churchill, could you just step out while I check vitals and do some things? She did, and when they drew the curtain around, there was a little spot that she could see through. And The nurse did her thing. She looked down and said, Mr. Bai, are you experiencing pain? He said, oh, it's so heavy on my chest. He looked up into the eyes of a woman he had never met before in his life. And he said, have you ever experienced Pentecost? And my my mother said her eyes got big as saucers. And she kind of stared. Well, no. And he said, it'd be the greatest thing you could ever have. And he was gone. Oh, God. Hallelujah. God. That's the kind of witness I want to be, Lord. Amen. As long as there is breath in this body. (laughs) Amen. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. I don't care. Hey, that world, they don't care. They let you know who they're serving. It's time we let them know who we're serving. It's time to lay hands uh, on people in Walmart. Uh, It's time to lay hands on people in the gas station wherever to let the oil flow. Woo! Oh, let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It doesn't take long. If you're low on oil, amen, just tap in where you're at. Praise God. Amen. Leave here full. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is in the house. Jesus has the oil. He's wanting it to pour out. But you have to open up. He's not going to force it. 
But if you say, here I am, Lord, (laughs) you leave here full of oil. That's it. That's the oil. When the oil comes in, you're going to speak in another tongue. Hallelujah. There's a sign when the oil comes in. Praise God. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. One more story. One more story. When I was 16 and got my driver's license, we were a one-car family. You drive by some homes now, and it looks like a used parking lot. We were just one car. And my next-door neighbors, two brothers that were about my age, and uh, we'd like to go out Friday night. And... uh, I'd go to dad and say, dad, can I use the car? My dad pastored and he also worked a secular job. And there were times he'd give me the keys and he'd say, hey, I got to work tomorrow. And the cardinal rule, cardinal rule, dad does not stop to get gas on the way to work. Doesn't mind stopping after work, but he does not want to stop. And so he'd give me, the, give me the keys, and I'd get in the car, turn it on. First thing I looked at was that gas gauge, hoping it would go up to half or three-quarters at least. But many times it was down there between a quarter and empty. Paul would get in the car, and we you know... And there was a little recreation park just south of Bristol, Connecticut, called Lake Compounds. And they say, hey, let's go down to the lake. And I'd look at that gas gauge and say, no, sorry, fellas. We can't go to the lake tonight. And, and all evening, I really didn't have fun. Bishop Myers, because my eye was always going to the gas gauge. Is there going to be enough gas for Dad to get to work tomorrow? And when I got my license, truth be told, you get gas for 16 cents a gallon. And then Farmington Avenue was gasoline alley. One station, they'd lower it to 15, 14. I've even gotten gas for 13 cents a gallon. So many nights... When it was getting real low, Butch and Paul and I, we'd 
Pular change. No self-serve. And the gas station where we usually got gas, the guy had come out. And I'd say, hey, I, I need 38 cents worth. I need 54 cents worth. Sometimes, hey, 98 cents. But there were sometimes I'd say, hey, Dad, can I use the car tonight? He'd take the keys out and he'd holler out to my mom, Lorraine, how's the kid been this week? Well, he's been all right. He took the trash out twice and I didn't have to ask him. Wow. And he said, yeah, I noticed the, the grass was mowed. And so along with the keys, I got a $5 bill. And I'd pull into that gas station, and the guy that worked there would come out shaking his head, thinking, what's it going to be tonight? 30 cents, 35 cents. He'd come out, and I'd roll down that window, and I'd smile real big. I'd say, fill it up. <laughs> Let's go to Lake Compounds. Let's go over to New Britain. <laughs> Let's go anywhere. Because the gas gauge is full. Now there are a lot of people leave a place like this in this atmosphere uh, and they leave with a quarter of a tank. Amen. Just give me enough to get me to Sunday. Just give me enough to get me to Wednesday when the Lord is scratching his head saying, Hey, why don't you just let me fill it up? Paul said, be filled, be filled, be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's love Him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we gather around the front down here? I feel like it's a good time right now for us to be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, you don't have to leave here empty. You'll get the joy when you get full of His Spirit. Come on, let's gather down here and say, Lord, I want you to fill up my heart, fill up my life, fill up my spirit, God. Hallelujah. We need the oil in our vessel. You say, how do I get the oil? Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. That's it. Being full of the Spirit makes a noise. It's a joyful noise. Hallelujah. You ought to speak in tongues right now. Let there be an overflow from your spirit. In the name of Jesus. 
name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. If you need a healing, just begin to worship Him. God wants to restore some things. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Restore the joy. Renew in me a right spirit. Come on, we've been running on empty long enough. God said, I'll give you a double portion tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. That's it. The Bible said they sought him with earnest. Sometimes you got to earnestly seek him. Seek him with earnest. Hallelujah. Oh, that's it. Pray with urgency. Come on, you got to pray like God's coming back this very moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. I can't make it not one more minute, Lord. I've got to have the joy of the Lord. I've got to have this vessel full of the oil of gladness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, hallelujah, Jesus. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus. The Bible talks about praying for the sick by the laying on of hands and of the oil. I feel like there's an oil of healing that God would like to give to His people. If you're sick in your body right now or in your spirit, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's physical. But if you'll just lift your hands right now, I believe we can pray the prayer of faith and the oil will flow into your bodies. Would you lift your hands and your voice right now all over this building? Come on, say, I receive it by the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we speak the word of faith, God. Release your healing virtue, O oh Lord. 
God, we pray for a healing of the body of Christ. We pray for the anointing oil. Hallelujah. Let it be dispersed in every life, oh God. By the power of the name of Jesus. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And by the authority of the Word of God. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it, you're standing next to somebody that raised their hand. Why don't you put your hand on their head and begin to pray for them? Come on, this is what the Lord is saying to this church, that the body has to minister one to another. That's it, begin to pray for a spirit of boldness. Give me courage and boldness. Be made whole, be made whole, be made whole. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we're praying for a double portion of your spirit. We don't want to go through life with the minimum daily requirement, Lord. We want to be full and run it over with your joy. I feel like God's wanting to heal our minds and our spirits. Come on, I want you to begin to pray right now that the Lord will touch your mind and your emotions right now. God's going to give you joy. He'll take the sorrow. He'll turn it into joy. Come on, I've been hurt long enough. I'm going to rejoice in the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Maybe you received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues many years ago. And maybe tonight it's just been a while since you've, you've had that joy, that overflowing joy of the Spirit of God bubbling up. And you say, tonight I feel in the Holy Ghost that there's a quickening in my spirit. I want us to pray right now that there would be an overflow of the Spirit of God so that many of you that have received the Holy Ghost, but maybe it's been a while since you've spoken in tongues, that it'll just flow freely like an artesian well. That oil has got to flow freely. 
I want you to lift up your hands right now and then just begin to worship the Lord. We're going to pray and I believe God's going to give you that quickening, that utterance. That's it. Begin to worship the Lord with all of your heart. Whatever you begin to feel, just speak out whatever you feel. When you speak in tongues, it's the overflow. It's your, it's your spirit being full. That's it, that's it. He got the rabo hotara labosata. He got the rabosata rabahaya. That's it, speaking tongues. That's the overflow of a full vessel. That's it. That's the move of the Holy Ghost. That's the move of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I feel like we need to pray for one more thing before we go. I feel like the Lord wants to restore joy. I feel like the oil of gladness is something that's maybe been missing in some people's lives for a little bit. But God said, I want to I want to show you that I want to give you a double portion of joy. And that the oil of gladness would fill up your vessel right now. I wonder right now if you'd lift up your hands regardless of how you're feeling. Regardless of how bad of a week you've had. I wonder right now if you would just begin to lift up your hands and would you just begin to lift up your voice and would you just declare His glory and His greatness. Come on, I know you're probably tired, you've been working, but just for a few moments. Come on, just lift your voice. God's going to renew your strength right now. That's it, that's it. That's it, lift up your voice. Here it comes, here it comes. Joy, unspeakable joy. Full of glory. Yes, that's it, that's it. That's it. That's the oil of gladness.
Don't leave without being full. Don't leave without being full. God bless you in the name of Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Brother Churchill. Thank you for reminding us. It's midnight. We got to be full of the oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.